Today's show is brought to you by the Channel 4.5 Network. Channel 4.5, home to the best and widest array of podcasts, web series, and live events. Now, what you're listening to, you're like, oh, that's so good, that's so good. But you ever wondered what you're missing? What you're not hearing? Well, we got news for you. And the new Channel 4.5 Podcast Archive series. In this series, we'll look back at all the shows that never made it to air. Join your host every week, Chad Goopy Guppy Zingo, as he guides you through the lost files of Channel 4 and a Half. Hear shows hosted by Guinness World Record holders, prisoners, people lost in space. You never know what you're going to hear on the Channel 4 and a Half podcast archives. Only on Channel4.5.com. Channel 4 and a Half, creating art on a local level. Well, uh, we got a great show. We got a great guest uh, today. We're going to get Tony Shanks in here and talk yeah. about his upcoming show. Yeah, American Idiot. That's going to be fun. Yeah, American Idiot. It's going to be a great one. Uh, but we've got a few other things going on. So let's get Run that. this down really quick. Yeah. All right. Uh, Clark Theater uh, that's performing at Hinthorn. They are doing great for the second weekend. Uh, I went and saw it last weekend. It's really a very sharp yeah. show. Very, very solid. Great music. The kids' voices sound really good. Um, nice set and nice lighting. Really, all the elements are there for yeah. entertaining music. Yeah, that, that's going to be good. Uh, when are the performances for that? Uh, 7.30, Thursday through Saturday, and 2 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, the receptionist at TCC. Friday and Saturday at 8 o'clock, and Sunday at 2, Sunday matinee at 2. That's going to be TCC at the Pace. At the Pace. At down the pace. down down south, you know, if you live down south that there, it's then right it's there. right there. Or if you know, you can track out there and see what, you know, that part of town is like. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's see, we got Heller Benefit Brunch, my old theater company, Heller Theater, doing a benefit brunch. That is going to be at VFW Post 577, and that happens to be right across the street from where my current job assignment is at the Central Center. So that is on 6th Street, just a little bit west of Peoria. Yeah, no, they're going to have like a nice spread for, you know. Yeah, and raise some money. I, I forget how much it costs. Probably, I think you know, it's like $20. $50, $60 maybe? I don't no, know. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's a, a nice brunch, and they all go there. Go there, mingle, it'll eat as fun. Uh, that's starting at 10 o'clock. So, um, well, we got some uh, auditions, I understand. So, let me find those. Here we go. Uh, Clark in the Dark. Clark's got some auditions coming up 3 p.m. Saturday for the Halloween show. Clark in the Dark. Yeah, I know it's like a uh, haunted house uh, thing. It's, uh, yeah, I know it's cool. I uh, did a little work, a little writing for it la last Yeah, year. you yeah, did. I, I know you did. I remember. So, uh, yeah, so Jack's got a personal investment in this show. So I didn't. Do, I'm not working on it this year, <laughs> but, it, you know, it's. And this, of course, is for the youth. This is for 18 and under. Um, they also got a Penguin Project. That, uh, this is their uh, annual show that they do. There's going to be an informational meeting uh, at Hinthorn Theater. That is going to happen, I believe, on Monday. Monday right? night at 6.30, is that, uh, I believe, yeah. Thank you. Super. Uh, and the Penguin Project, if you're not aware of it, it's a, uh, it is a show that they do every year for uh, kids in town who are... Um, uh, differently abled in terms of physical or emotional, but anyway, it's it's really open to the kids that don't get to do shows uh, in other venues. And I know, yeah, they're looking for like you know like volunteers uh, as well, really to help out uh, that and just and right. just you know 
I, I don't know uh, everything about it, but go to information meet. That's what that's for. Absolutely. And one other, Portico uh, Dance Company, a dance company I've worked with in terms of doing the live ones, they are auditioning. Um, well, I'm not sure if you're going to be here this time. It is Thursday. That would be tomorrow here. So uh, it's the 28th. And, it's called uh, Whoa. Whoa is the name of their show, but they're yeah. having open auditions. If you want to work with the Forty Foot Dance Company, yeah, it's a show. it's a uh, auditions for women. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the show's all about. Women. Yeah, yeah. So uh -huh. yeah, so and I think it's gonna yeah involve a lot of like dancing and spoken word, and just performance art. Uh, right, kind of things. performance art. They'll be at the PAC. That's what it said. Performed at the PAC. Auditions are over at the Polite Loft at six thirty again on Thursday the twenty eighth. All right, um, and hey, Channel Four and a Half. Hey, Channel host. Channel Four and a Half. Guess what? They are um, they are going to be offering classes uh, starting this month, uh, and you can go uh, to the website channel four and a half dot com to sign up for the classes. There are there are three different classes that they are offering. The uh, they are offering a class in stand up comedy uh, taught by Ryan Green. You know, a good guy. Uh, you know, You've worked with Ryan, haven't you? Yeah, no, I've performed with him a bunch of times. He's, he's, cool. he's funny. He's, he's actually so like, he's one of those comedy. He's so funny that it just kind of makes me angry. <laughs> like I've seen him just yeah, get performances. Yeah, it's right. like he makes it look effortless. Maybe he'll, he can teach you how to do that. So, uh, and then there is a class, an improv level one class for, uh, yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, uh, taught by Laurel George, she's a great improviser, and it's uh, she go uh, take her class uh, if you want to learn improv. Okay, we get one more. Uh, one more, yes. There's a sketch class, uh, which will be taught by uh, Thomas King. He's a really funny guy, uh, and you know, if you want to get into sketch comedy, uh, that's a great place to to start. So check it out, Channel Four and a Half dot com slash classes. Uh, uh, you can find information there. Awesome, awesome, and our host of course, Channel Four and a Half. Um, we're going to be right back here in just a couple of seconds. We're going to play some lovely music in the meantime, and then when we come back, we're going to have Tony Shanks talking about his current show and his past shows. Very interesting man. Um, you don't want to miss it. Hello, Tony. Hello. Well, nice to have you here. Uh, the one show we didn't mention in our rundown of what was happening this week is, of course, your show coming right up. Is this your premiere week? It is, isn't it? American uh, Idea. We opened last Friday. Oh, crap. Okay. Uh, you got another weekend, though. Yeah, we do. Uh, we Talk have, about it. Where, when? Give me the details. We had Friday and Saturday night at uh, Williams, the PAC, and uh, we have this Friday and Saturday night at 8 o'clock at the PAC. Same space and then Sunday matinee. Sunday matinee. Yep. Cool. Uh, give me a rundown on the cast. I, you know, the couple of my know, a couple of my don't. Can you like this? Can I like tick them off for me? Uh, yeah. Our, I can. I can give you our principals. Um, we have Powell and Barca. We have um, Caleb Ricketts. We have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would. I Actors. They're sheep. They're just all names. No, 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 no. I, I, I tell you, it, it's such an ensemble piece. That's why it's hard for me. I mean, there are 
you know, a couple of dozen people in this show. Um, it, it, it's, it's, the show has been a very much a labor of love. We had um, very little prep time um, because a lot of our folks were crossover into ragtime. Um, so uh, it's been a lot of self rehearsal. It's been a lot of buddy system. And uh, they, I, I have never worked with a cast that has taken ownership of a show like these kids. Um, they've just owned it, dominated it. Um, our uh, St. Jimmy, Kaylee Durland, is also our choreographer, and she has been on double duty. And she and our musical director, uh, Catherine, I, I mean... Uh, Catherine? I just, uh, Catherine. Uh, Rat. Okay. Um, they are just, uh, just dominant forces. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, you'd think they're getting paid loads of cash for the amount of work that they're doing. Okay, so this is a musical by Green Day. Yes. Okay. And unfortunately, I really don't know much about it, although I actually have played and seen it this weekend. But so when somebody walks in to this rock and roll show, what kind of experience are they going to have? Um, it is, <clears throat> I think it's the loudest show that I've ever heard of the Williams. And that's something that I told uh, Peter Tulsa when they asked me if I wanted to take it on because of, you know, I, I've done Hedwig for them. Um, with Hedwig, we did it in the smaller theater, and we brought in our own sound system because the legacy system there, I, I don't think, is very loud. Um, and they said they were going to do it in the Williams. And every show that I've heard in the Williams, when I've wanted it to be loud and in my face, mm. it hasn't been. And I really, really wanted that for this show because I, I don't think you're going to come see this show and want it to be quiet. It's rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah, so I wanted to feel like a mix of a show and a rock concert. And so we have a live band um, on stage with the actors. And you can definitely feel it. And you can hear it. And it's an hour and a half. Just, it, it's, a, it's a speeding train. No intermission? Nope, no intermission. Good. It just speeds right on through. Right. Uh, people... I noticed Friday and Saturday they get a little confused on where they can clap because, uh, you know, there's a medley of like five songs and they just <laughs> don't stop. It's just one right after the other. And people are like, I, I'm, supposed to, am I supposed to clap? Am I supposed to clap here? And then when there is a moment, they're like, oh, 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 yeah, there we go. There, that's where we clap. Um, uh, awkward, awkward. Yeah, but people were, I mean, Saturday night, you know, people were screaming. They were standing up. We got, we got standing ovation both nights. Um, I, I think that you can see, I mean, I, I certainly can, um, that all the commentary I've received on it is you can just see this, all the actors acting. I mean, or not acting, but working their asses off. Well, that's what I like to see when I yeah. go to the theater, and it's like, what I like to see when I go to a rock and roll show. Any of the same musicians? Because I've got to tell you, I love the band at Heavyweight. And I'm an old-time rock and roller, and it was good to see, you know, some of these, I don't know, it was just solid rock and roll for Heavyweight. It's, I know that Green Day show is going to be something similar, so I was curious about the musicians. It's not the same band. We don't have any of the same people, but we've got um, some, some really gifted musicians that are all... Most of them are rock and roll. I mean, Catherine mm -hmm. is definitely a rock and roll. I mean, she is, uh, you know, rock musical. She did Next to Normal. Um, she was a musical director for Cabaret. Yeah. Um, so she's definitely um, used to being on stage with people. Um and then, uh, but our drummer comes from a jazz background, but he is, I think he's one of those gifted drummers as well. And I, I feel really lucky to have him. Travis Fight is a buddy of mine who was going to be ready, but scheduling didn't permit, so I'm glad he got to sit in with us on, on this show. 
bigger drummer. Uh-huh. Yeah, you like rock and roll shows? I mean, I, the the other show again that I've seen of yours because I well, I guess I've seen a couple of shows of yours. Uh-huh. Now I think about it, but it was Hedwig, and that was certainly that kind of show. Very, it was a rock and roll experience. Yeah. You walked in, and you're getting basically a rock and roll concert with a narrative with it. Right. You know, you get characterization, you got the narrative. I thought that all worked, but the experience was still very solid rock and roll. Does that appeal to you especially? Uh, it does. You know, Hedwig's always been a show that's near and dear to my heart because mm-hmm. you, uh, you you can it it's not your stereotypical theater experience, uh, and certainly not your stereotypical musical theater experience. It's very interactive. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as you want it to be, we you know told people you know you can shoot pictures, you can shoot video, you can talk you know to to Hedwig. And uh, Thomas certainly talked back to the audience yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And again, it was an hour and a half of intermission. Um, and it, I always call that show Hedwig's Variety Hour because he, you know, you, you follow one person on this journey mm-hmm. um, through song, through dance, through acting. Some of it's funny, some of it's heartbreaking. And uh, I think it's a real challenge to find an actor who can carry that show on their shoulders. And Thomas is, he's also an American he's, he's an amazing, amazing actor. And of course, the other show that I had seen of yours was Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which uh, one, what a take, okay? Uh, and two, has like a lot of actors that I was familiar with around town that I had worked with in the past. Uh, Will, Brian, uh, Brian is a guy I've worked with a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, uh, very interesting to work with. Mm-hmm. Certainly was for me. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about working with like really some of the best actors in Tulsa. That was that was my that's my opinion of, of who you had on stage. I mean, Andy Axwell, uh, Sidney Flack. Yeah. Uh, that was an, a really an incredible collection of male, all male actors. Uh, I, I'll tell you this, I think it was harder to cast that. It took longer to cast than it did to rehearse it. Jesus, we had probably 45, 50 people show up. Hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, it, it's not college, uh, it's not high school, so I wanted to cast age appropriate. Um, we had a lot of young guys that did really good reads, but I, I just wanted them to, to live in those roles. Um, so I, you know, I cast on the, on the, the side of, of the ages that they're supposed to be. Um, and I just, I threw them in a the room and said, you two read together. Okay, now you go, now somebody else come in, now you guys read together. And I just kept carrying them off like that. Um, they challenged the shit out of me. Uh, I, I didn't really know, I hadn't worked with any of them. Um, I didn't really know what kind of pedigree that I had on the boards until I sat down and started reading their Oh, no, absolutely. Their resumes, no, and I thought, geez, maybe one of the youngest guys is doing this show. Um, but they they challenged me um, to, and again, this is, you know, Glenn Gary's always been a part of the show. Um, I love this show. Yeah, and, and the, 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 the patterns of the speech, um, the story, the cat and mouse games that you're playing with the audience. Especially, like, did, did this guy do it? Did this guy do it? Did this guy do it? And because of the choices that they made, it forced me to make some creative choices based off of the choices that they were making. So it was a it was a real fun collaboration in terms of I kept going back, going, oh, I think we're giving the audience too much, or I don't think we're giving the audience enough. Oh, in terms of the plot or yeah, giving the it away, plot, or, character, yeah. you know, character choices, and it was it was a whole lot of fun to have. I mean, we had a lot of time to prep that show, and mm. 
and we could get into deep, deep character discussions and motives and, and plot points. And we got a lot of time. And to I'm find sure that. with that with that group that that was interesting discussions. Those are oh, actors yeah. that can yeah. actually participate in full in those kind of discussions. They uh, they're used to those kind of roles. They're used to the deep roles. I've never seen anybody take as many risks. In <laughs> I just have. I mean, you know, last rehearsal, he's he's you know he's still he, he's yeah. over his fire. He's got so, notes and notes and notes and notes. Uh, I'm going to say one more thing about the show before we move on, and that was uh, Brian Rattlingboard, who I've worked with, I guess, three times in three different shows. Uh, that was just, to me, the most unusual casting decision to put him in the role, and I can't think of the character's name, but the Jack Lemmon role from the movie. Shelley. Shank, thank you, Shelley Levine. Because uh, he is such a... Um, there's, there's sort of an element of danger a lot of times when Brian Rattlingboard's on stage. I mean, he projects that as an actor. Okay, when I say that. Well, he's a massive Bill Hicks fan, so, yeah. Yeah, he is, right. He does a one-man <laughs> as, show. As am I. That's we bought him. Ah, I got you, got you. That was interesting. Yeah. But he, yeah, he, we, we, we met up for coffee, and he said, I said, well, you know, what, 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 what are you thinking? And he said, I'll yeah, audition for whatever. And same with Will. I mean, all those guys are like, I'll just take whatever you want, or whatever, whatever you want to throw at me. Mm-hmm. And um, I... Brian was able to project a, a, a real sense of being beaten down by life. That he was. I think Shelley. That's what was so unusual yeah. from Brian. Right. Yeah. And uh, I I loved what he did. No, I, I loved the choices that he made. Um, he just and the, and the dynamic between he and uh, Will, um, you know, during the, the second act, just it made me laugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's sad, but it's but it's funny. I mean, that whole play is kind of sad. But... And then my brother got. Uh, did the set. That's one of the first times we've gotten to work on a play together. I brought him in and Sarah was just blown away when he the set. Did he live here in Tulsa? Mm-hmm. He did the Peter and Starkitcher set. He did, oh. uh, he did the American Idiot set. Uh, yeah. So, who got into theater first? You or your brother? Like, Oh, me. Me, definitely. Yeah. No, he is not. A, no. He's okay. he's very good with uh, uh, he, he's, he's the blue collar version of me. Okay. He likes to build. He doesn't want to be in front of people. He doesn't want to be talking to people. He wants to be building, painting, making stuff look awesome. Yeah, that's his thing. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, Peter and the Starcatcher actually won for uh, mm-hmm. Best Overall Technical Design. So. Yeah, he's really good at what he does. Um, you just have to, you know, you have to... I think all of us are that are perfectionists have a little bit of... Um, uh, we're afraid of our own shadows. Like, mm. you know, I don't know, I don't know, I want to do a good job, I want to do a great job, and then, uh, you know, I don't want to be criticized for the work I've done after. <laughs> when you talk to some of them, they're like, well, of course I do the very, very best job of anyone who ever lived. Because uh, I've run into some of those, too. Now, does he have the theater education? Because you have, like, a fairly extensive mm-hmm. acting theater yeah. education, right? Uh, yeah, he, he does not have the... Formal theater, yeah. but he has done installations, a ton of installations for companies that build uh, theatrical type sets for churches, right. for retail spaces, all that. So he sure. has that eye and he has that that skill set. So he actually can make money doing that. Yeah, unlike yeah. yeah. most of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody gotcha. kept saying, you know, oh, Gary said it's so great. And he was like, well, what, what, what's to be I said, well, it's because the walls aren't flopping and the door mm-hmm. stays shut. No. And, and it, it looks real from the distance, you mm-hmm. know? So, well, absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes it's the simple things. So your theater education. Uh, tell me again, where did you go to school? Start out with? Uh, I went to OU. Okay. All right. Okay. And um, 
I did not go to theater school there. I sort of audited through friends' classes. There was a, a space called the Old Science Hall where they would do um, graduate shows, music shows. Um, and I would get in there with my friends who were actors and um, almost sort of a direct, I mean, they would direct themselves, but I would hop in and I'd be the set of eyes. And that's how I started learning how to watch shows and give direction. And then um, I met a woman I know from the city who's, uh, uh, he's since passed, but his, her husband uh, taught me how to build sets and taught me how to, um, uh, you know, promote theater and all what's behind the set. He was a real, like, journeyman theater guy. Mm -hmm. And they coaxed uh, me to start my first theater people. And because my ex wife at the time and most of my friends were theater people, um, they were all actors. They wanted to be on stage. I had no desire to be uh, yeah, on stage. Right, yeah. So I started the theater company and said, well, I'm I'll direct and I'll promote because I do marketing for it. And uh, the first show we did was Suburbia at uh, IO Gallery in the city. No, musical, the little. No, it's a uh, Bogosian's play. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's it's a three-act behemoth of a play, and we built a full 7-Eleven inside of a, our gallery. Was this like an OKC? Okay no. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. But yeah. you were in, like, you were in L.A. as well. And did you go from, uh, like, to L.A. from? That was, that was all, that, that was later. We did, oh, we did okay. several right. shows there, and then um, went to New York, because uh, my ex wanted to, to try to handle Broadway. And uh, I did some shows off-Broadway. Um, and she did some shows. She was in a couple of Broadway shows, just bit parts. But then 9/11 happened, so we moved back to the city, huh. and um, we split. And then uh, the opportunities in the city uh, for what I did for a day job were kind of still not, uh, you know, very abundant. And I got a chance to move out to LA, and the comedy boom was happening. I had a bunch of comedy buddies and acting buddies that moved out there, so we all kind of locomoted out there together. And uh, I didn't do much theater when I was out there. I did a couple of French festival pieces and worked with some theater companies coming in, uh, producing and um, sort of directing from the sidelines, okay. um, things like that. But I kind of thought that I was done with theater until I came back here and met Jared and Sarah. And Jared and I just you know, immediately became best buddies. Um, just we have the same sense of humor, the same sensibilities. We were going to direct a show together last year, um, but I think it was way too expensive to put. Uh, Any you know, plans just, for doing it later? Um, I don't know yet. Okay. I don't know. I don't want to say titled under wraps. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. we just start. We just took a step back and Um, oh, I gotta mention, so I, I understand you met, what, Drew Carey in, in L.A., and you were, what, writing that together, is that what yeah. I heard? Uh, yeah, that, that was, that was one of the more surreal moments in L.A., was I, uh, had some Facebook friends that I met through, UC, when I went to UCB, which is a comedy school out there. Upright Citizens Brigade. Yeah, Upright Citizens Brigade. And they were all taking courses, I couldn't afford them, um, uh, yeah, I had to work so much. Um, just to keep going out there, and uh, they, uh, there was a, a woman named uh, Heather that had been a writer, a seasoned writer for SNL, and she uh, was offering to partner up with another guy and do this writing class, a sketch writing class. And I'm a big sketch fan, um, 
improv makes me nervous, and I don't, I can't do stand up. Um, but I've always been a fan of sketch again, collaboration. I was a huge SNL fan when I was a kid. And uh, so we, I, I went to the class, and there was about eight of us, and um, I had not seen Price is Right, I had not watched Whose Line Is It for a while. Um, and I just kept looking at this guy across the table, and I was like, God, oh, it's like a skinny kid. <laughs> and they said, okay, you know, let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. And I just blurted it out. I, was like, I said, why are you here? And he, he just, you know, he just, his high lap. And he said, uh, he said I, I don't know how to write sketch. And, and these guys do. He said, I'm an improv guy. And, um, and he was looking to learn another skill. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind he, of he was, amazing. He was, he, was, yeah, he, was, yeah. he was just an adult student. He was very yeah. gracious. He, you know, he'd, he'd pass our stuff around and get feedback. Mm-hmm. We were there in that space for about three weeks. And it, the parking stinks. It's right next to Paramount. So it's, it's kind of a sketchy area. Um, and the parking is really bad. And so he just said, hey, you guys want to meet up at my house? And he's got this uh, place up in the hills. And we all meet up there. And you can tell he's he doesn't shop for himself. He's like Pete Dot has delivered like every bag of chip huh. and every cookie and candy you could ever want, every soda. And uh, I'm walking around this place and I see there's a weight room and like, a washer and dryer, a bathroom, like, a heated toilet yeah. in the bathroom that talks to you. And it's like living area and this little kitchen. And I'm just thinking, this is really cool. I mean, it was it was yeah, pretty comfortable in my apartment. Yeah. And I I didn't see a bedroom. I said, where do you where do you sleep? And he just kind of laughed, and he's like, oh, are you serious? I said, yeah. yeah. And I said, come here. And he took me out in the backyard of this thing. He points this you know, mansion like, oh. right behind it. I said, oh, that, okay. That's where I live. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, that's right. You have Drew Carey. Excuse me. I'm sorry. You're a celebrity. Of course you live in a mansion. But I just thought I was just like, I don't know what I was thinking. It was so stupid. You have the other half. Um, well, you know, you've gotten a, a lot of experience and doing, done a lot of things, done a lot of places that a lot of people here in community theater would think, hey, you know, that's what I wish I could have done. You've got a little bit more experience than a typical Tulsa person. Um, and yet, you know, you come back here and you do community theater. I mean, talk a little bit why you keep coming back to theater, why this is something uh, that's important to you. Um, I think that theater, you know, there's there's a show that, that popped into my head, and it's a show that I did in LA, and it's called Extropia, and it's kind of uh, like Terry Gilliam's Brazil uh, meets Truman Show, and you can do it for, for these guys in Seattle wrote it, and uh, we did it at the French Festival 1, uh, and it's a very simple show, uh, you know, everybody's in the same costume, these silver coveralls, um, with some crazy makeup and hair. The set pieces are you know, get the theater cubes, and the soundtrack is keyboard and noises. Um, it it's all about what happens if you remove music from people's everyday lives. And so these people are workers; they never hear music; they don't know what music is. And then they start to hear beats and rhythms and the machinery. And, and footsteps, and you know, the guy starts to you know, make songs out of these rhythms. And by the end, you might get this huge crescendo of, a, of musical pieces going on. And you realize as you sort of back the camera out, you know, figuratively, that they're in a tank now. 
they've just they've been ra- like a Truman. military tank. No, like like Truman. Like they've oh, been raised right. their whole okay. life without yes. music, right. and the experiment is to see can can they find it? Can they hear it? What happens if you remove that? And I thought, what a great album for now. You know, like if we're taking you know theater and, and music classes and all these out of schools, how are these kids finding them? You know, how are they? And what's the what's the motivation to go into the arts at all? You know, if if you know you can't make a living in theater, you can't make a living in music. You know, what 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 is going to motivate these kids to, to go into the arts at all? You know, and what's going to inspire them? You know, if if they're far, these are good questions. Yeah. by the way, yeah. I mean, if they're they're their only example is YouTube. You know, mm-hmm. and it's really really depressing. Um, and I think that uh, you know, I was listening to. Um, Eni Falco on uh, Mark Maron's WTF, and she was talking about a theater company in New York that she's involved with, uh, as well as some other big name actors, where they bring in these kids to write. They, they do interviews, like, okay, so this one kid is doing an interview with Eni Falco and asking her you know, all these questions, interviewing her. Um, and then they you know, interview these other people and then takes. The teacher takes them on a retreat, like four or five kids, and they write out a line of play based on these interviews they've done with these actors. And she said, you know, sometimes they'll come back with a play, I'll be, you know, an old lady. Sometimes they'll come back, I'll be a piece of broccoli. Like, mm-hmm. You never know. And then they act out, they take the scripts, they rehearse the show, they act out these very simple lines. And oh, these kids, these kids get to see the words come from new people like, you know, and is so inspiring to me. I mean, I would, I would love it if we could just um, And she's, you know, she's crying talking about it. Oh, and I, I think it's a very, that, that's something that would inspire kids to want to create and want to move on. Not just to be famous, but to be mm-hmm. involved in the process. And I, that, I, I think the prize, the, the carrots that we, the kids that have in front of them, is very confusing that they want to create. Like they have, they because of the celebrity culture that we live in? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, huh. fame seems to be the end goal, and that, that's a terrible. Well, what's terrible. the what's the flip side of that? I mean, what is it besides celebrity culture that we need to be focusing on? What is it? What is the inspiration for these kids? What do they find doing the art? What do they find doing the art? Well, uh, you know, they, they won't know until they become involved. Okay. I mean, I I didn't know what inspired me until I found inspiration. Um, what didn't inspire me was you know. Uh, watching Black Sauce, which is famous throughout the region as a kid. And that just depressed me, because people were poor. Um, uh, what inspired me was something that, I, I always say I like to ins- I like to inspire and be 